Hey, everybody. I'm Dr. Andy Rourke, and this is the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast. Gang, tomorrow is a big day. Tomorrow is a big day. I have a very special surprise for you. I am bursting at the scenes to tell you what it is, but I'm not going to. I'm going to hold off. Tomorrow, you will get the word. You will get it if you are subscribed to this podcast. So get subscribed if you're not. And get ready. Buckle up, Buttercup. I got something great coming your way. It's been a long time in the making, so looking forward to that. Gang, one other thing to be aware of. Registration for the April Uncharted Conference. That's our marketing and strategy conference. It is open to the public. It is steadily filling up. We capped the conference. We are uh, capping it at 140 attendees this year. Uh, We got about 30-some spots left. So they keep filling up steadily. It's not even uh, it's not even January yet, and we've only got 30 spots left. This event is going to sell out. Jump in, get registered, start start taking advantage of the community, all the stuff going on there. We've got our financial masterclass with the one and only Stephanie Goss going on right now. We'll have a strategic planning course that Stephanie and I are teaching. That'll be coming up in just a few short weeks. We'll have some more information on that soon. Got a lot of great stuff. We'll be having our Uncharted meetup at the mansion at VMX. If you're going to be at the VMX conference, the Uncharted party will be going on, and uh, you want to be there. So we got a bunch of stuff coming down the pipes. Don't miss your chance. Hop in, get on board, head over to unchartedvet.com and get registered. And with that, let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we're back. It's me. And my keynote-given colleague, Stephanie, welcome to the Jungle Goss. Oh, my God. Let's talk about it. Last night was a big deal. Like, it's your first keynote presentation. How do you feel? I feel really good. It was such a fantastic group. I had so much fun. They were... um, they were really excited to kind of work on some stuff that's going on in their, in their practices. And, um, you know, I was a little nervous cause my style is very much more like, let's get in and talk about the specifics about what's going on in your practice. Like I think with my manager brain on, I think a little bit too much. And so I was nervous about how do I speak to this group that was, you know, um, medical directors, practice owners, um, and hospital managers as well as as um, field leadership for the company, and so uh, I was a little nervous, but I I it went really great. They were such a good group. They broke me in very gently. So I I had no doubts. Of course, I, I knew. I am I am so proud of you, and you you know that I think the world of you, and I have just gotten to work with you and see you develop on this podcast and you are just a rock star and I am honored to know you and to work with you. And so I knew that you would do great. I love you. And that is, it's making me, I'm laughing, not because I don't appreciate the compliments and the sentiment because I absolutely do, but because part of what I talked to them about last night was knowing your team and knowing how they like to have praise. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I, I talked about the fact that you knew me so well and you knew that I absolutely hate attention on myself and I hate public praise more than anything. Yeah. It is. 
it, it is true. So it's so funny to me. It's yeah, it it is true. Like, let me just be transparent here. I do love Stephanie, but I also love to see her uncomfortable. And me saying wonderful things about her is uh it's it's a loving torture. It's like, like the the eye twitch that's happening right now that you can see and they can't. <laughs> it's like it's like tickling. It's like it's it, she laughs, but <laughs> she really hates it and wants me to stop. Oh my god, you're killing me. Okay, I am well, super hold on, excited. Wait, wait, wait. Let me just let me just say this. One of the things that, that I do want to call out here is um people don't know how shy you are and how much you don't like the public stuff. And so uh, I just want to call that out because you do an amazing job and you are, you are starting to present more and speak more and, and you're amazing, but it's, it's something that you have had to really work on yeah. uh, putting yourself out there. So if you see Stephanie, you will see her smiling and laughing and talking to people. Uh, that's work for her, you know, and, and she is really having to stretch to do that stuff. And so if you're out there and you're like, Oh man, you know, uh, Andy, is just having so much fun and, and he gets out and he talks and, and, and I could never, I could never do those things or I could never be the charismatic type leader person because that's not how I'm wired. I just, I, that's not true because it takes different amounts of work. It is easy for people like me who are extroverted to wade into the crowd. And, and if you see me high-fiving people, that's, that is how I am. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that you can't, um, do that work and get comfortable and step up and be the type of leader that you want to be. It, it just means, uh, it, it can just, it's just different work and those are skills and their muscles that you can grow. And so I just wanted to call that out of, um, how much you're doing Steph, as far as stretching and growing and, and getting out of your comfort zone and doing great work. And I just, I just always like to point that out to other people so that they feel like they can also get out of their comfort zone and do great work. Yeah, thank you. I I I appreciate you saying all of those wonderfully kind things and and you know that I love you and I appreciate you as as a boss and as a friend. Awesome. And at the same time, it is hard. It's it's hard work. I am I am an ambervert. I am so, I'm solidly in the middle and I am smiley happy. I will um, talk to anybody one-on-one. -on -one. Like I could sit down at a table with a total stranger and talk about what's going on in your practice and feel totally comfortable, but standing up in front of a crowd and doing, you know, the, <laughs> the Andy show where I appear like I, <laughs> I know what I'm talking about and I sound <laughs> so smart and everybody laughs at my jokes. Like that is not a comfortable space for me. That's, that's, it's, really, it's a lot. It's hard work. Well, it's really hard work, but you're, I, you're, you're a <laughs> testament that, you can work on these things and be insanely successful because you're really doing great. Well, thank you. I, um, I am super excited about this one today because yeah. this is the kind of stuff that I geek out about because it's about how do I, how do I handle this challenge in my practice, my practice from a manager perspective. And so um, when you uh, gave us, or when we started talking about this one, I was like, yes, this, I can talk about this because I know. <laughs> This is in my wheelhouse. I feel comfortable with this. So um, we uh, had, there was a, a comment from 
a mutual friend of hers and she was saying that she was super, super excited for their practice because they were in a spot where they were finally going to be hiring a lead for their client care team. And it's a super needed addition to their team. They're super excited about it. But what they were asking for was guidance on how to bring this person in um, when they already have an established team of client care um team members like these are people who have been there they've been a part of the team for the for a while and this uh person that they're bringing in as the lead is coming in from the outside and so how to tackle integrating that person into their team yeah let's let's talk about integrating a new person into the team Mm -hmm. maximally successfully and then we'll talk about integrating a new leader into the team which is a slightly different beast and has a got some more strings we need to be careful of um, totally but let's let's start with just generally bringing somebody in okay first first thoughts that you have mile high a uh, general advice successful integration what is the first thing that comes into your mind um make it fun Mm-hmm. So it is no matter where you are in life, being the new person is always awkward, both for you and for the other people. Like I remember being a kid and being the new kid in school and the teacher making you stand up and talk about yourself. And like, let me let me tell you guys a little bit about about myself, that that whole experience that doesn't change when we become adults. It's still awkward for both for both sides because it's an unknown quantity. And so I think the first thing that you have to do as a leadership team is how do we make this super fun? Yes, I completely agree. It's um, this is a classic example of an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Is if I make this person feel good up uh, up at the very front and mm-hmm. and have some kind of a plan, like mm-hmm. a little bit of a plan, I can save myself so much headache and make them so much happier. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so when I say have a little bit of a plan. Um, let, let, let's, let's jump really far forward. The okay. best way to do this is to talk to the team about what's important in a new person, right? And it just can be conversational. You can, you can, even if it's just your ringleaders, you know, you can just sort of say, Hey, we're looking at hiring new techs. Are there things that we specifically really want to look for? Are there things that you guys think are really important? Mm-hmm. And if you can integrate anything like that into the job description or, um, or even just in the end of the interview conversation, it just makes your people feel heard. So then it's not you, the boss hiring somebody that you need. It's the team expanding and who do we need? And we're bringing in a new person. And so make them, if they can feel any ownership of the process, they feel like it's the difference in you being the leader and you being the servant leader. I am trying to get you guys the help that you need and find the best person to support you guys. Yes. And that's so fundamentally important. Yeah. Including those guys at the very beginning. So important. And then the, the way that we bring the person in and the fun that you said, make this fun, make this person feel good and make the team feel good about this person. And so don't have them start on Monday morning when all hell is going to be breaking loose and you stick them at the front desk. Like that's awful. Try to, you know, get them started on the slowest day of the week. Mm-hmm. Get them, get them a mentor. Do mm-hmm. do they have a mentor? Even if it's, it can be a training mentor, but even just like the buddy system, you know, mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. to show them the ropes, 
don't don't let them eat lunch by themselves the first day. Right. You know, mm-hmm. let's have yep. a let's have a staff. I mean, it could be anything. It could be anything from a staff lunch where we have a staff lunch and everybody's there. Honestly, guys, if the front desk may pick up the tab and send the front desk out to lunch together. Mm-hmm. Just like, hey, why don't you guys go to Chili's for a lunch on Wednesday mm-hmm. and take Jessica, it'll be her first day, take her out and just get to know her mm-hmm. and we'll pay, don't drink don't drink alcohol. <laughs> no alcohol. No day drinking. <laughs> no day drinking, but go drink soda and make her feel Make her feel welcome. Just get get to know her. Make her feel like she's got some friends. And so that's an investment. I will pick up the tab for you guys to go and have a lunch or maybe have lunch once a week for, for two or three weeks, you know? Mm-hmm. But get those relationships. Make her feel safe. Make her feel important. You know, uh, get her introduced into, into the flow. If If everybody brings their lunch, you know, maybe give her a heads up about that. If everybody tends to kind of go out for lunch, you know, make, just make sure she doesn't get abandoned and little stuff like that just greases the wheels. It makes such a big difference. I think, um, what you said about, um, having a buddy for the first day and when to start their first day is super, super important. And I, I think a a lot of times in in veterinary medicine, we're, we're often hiring, in crisis mode and we're, we're shorthanded. We need, we need people. And so our instinct is to say, especially with someone who is coming in into a leadership position, this person has experience. And even if they don't have vet med experience, if there's other outside industry experience that makes them qualified to step into a lead role, the assumption is, look, they can answer the phone. They can handle clients. I'm putting them in a position of leadership. So our, our natural tendency for so many of the practices out there is to say, I'm going to dump you at the front desk. You, you can totally handle this. You're good. You got it. And really the, that is, that is the best way to break someone right, right out of the gate. Like just because they know how to do the job doesn't mean that they should be doing the job on the first day. They need a buddy. They need to get to know your team. They need to know where, where do they find the extra toilet paper to stock the front bathroom where do you know where do where do the supplies live? Like for me, I think the ultimate success plan looks like someone starting, no matter what position they're starting in, their first day, they have a buddy, they have someone that they are with, and realistically, they're not doing any work the first day. Like not real everyday busy work like I am doing the CSR job at the front desk work. They they are working, but they are observing. They're getting to know the team. They're having the freedom and the flexibility to have those one-on-one conversations. You know, hey, I'm I'm Stephanie. It's it's really nice to um to meet you, especially if they're starting at the beginning or the end of the week, which sometimes you can't avoid. And you have people on shift that maybe weren't there during part of their interview process. So sometimes they're meeting some of your team for the first time. The worst case scenario is if you dump them into that that front desk role and they're trying to cover the desk and they're like oh hey I know I never met you but I need you to go do this thing because this client has been waiting for 15 minutes like that's just setting them up for for failure from the start like they really need to have you need to have a solid plan um, for onboarding someone and for me the ideal for that looks like not not doing any work that first day and having someone that they're assigned to so that they can start to get to know 
it, look, it's not about getting to know the whole team day one. Cause for someone who has some introvert tendencies, oh my God, if you were like, I really want you to get to know everybody right on the first day, I'm going to be a little nervous about that. <laughs> And I'm going to feel much more comfortable if I have a buddy and I can say, hey, Andy, tell me, tell me about, you know, how long you've been at the practice. Tell me about your, you know, family. I'd like to get to know you on a one-on-one basis. That feels so much more comfortable for so many of us than saying, let's get to know the entire team at, at, at once. Yeah, that's, that's a great point is that different people have different expectations or, or feel comfortable in different ways. I think we both completely agree the buddy system, you know, the, the one person that they start to work with, I think is so important. I, I think we both agree on not doing work on the first day of just getting in. Uh, I think there's a couple different ways to do this, but shadowing is a big part, just watching them do, do the stuff. And the other thing is that I think you should have I think you should have ideas about what your priorities are. So when we get this person in, and this is another thing I can engage the team with, is I'm going to ask the front desk staff and be like, what are the most important things for our new person to get? What do we train them on first? And and let them tell you what, yeah, well, these are the things they're going to mostly need to know. It's mm-hmm. great. Let's start with those things. But have some core processes that you're going to train them on, have a plan for how you're going to train them. Uh, you're giving them the the employee handbook. Are you dropping it in their lap the first day that they show up to work? <laughs> There's your it. answer right there. <laughs> I laugh because for so many clinics, that's the answer. Oh, totally. Hey, it's your first day. Why don't you sit here for the next two hours and read through our employee sit, handbook? Sit in the lobby right. with the dogs and the cat carriers and the clients coming and going and the phone ringing. <laughs> And read this 200-page manual. Or sit up, or sit in the office by yourself in total silence for the next two hours and read this handbook. Like that's the worst. Yes, that's that's not necessary. There's another way to do that. <laughs> give them the handbook, you know, ahead of time, or give yeah, send it as a PDF and let them let them yeah. go. And part of that too, for, for me is look, you guys, if you're going to ask them to do work ahead of starting, you have to pay them. So I am not opposed to giving them the handbook ahead of time. And in fact, most of the time I try and do my, the first quarter of my onboarding before someone's first day. So I like to have them come in and I, I go through the important paperwork and I do like a, a chunk of the onboarding. And part of that is giving them the handbook. And then I say, okay, I, I know how long it took me as a fast reader to get through our handbook. And I know how long it took someone on my team who's maybe a slower reader to get through this. I expect that it's going to take you, you know, however much time for your handbook. Some of you have a three page handbook. Some of you have a 500 page handbook. However, that looks in your clinic. How much time should it take somebody to get through that and say, I absolutely want to pay you for your time. I'm going to tack two hours onto your first time card for you to take care of reading this on, on your own before you get here. And if there were, especially if they're coming to you straight from another job and they're working right up until the day they, they start with you, giving them time to do that when they start with you is not wrong, but however you do it, you have to pay them for their time. Yes. I, I think that's a great point. Yes. They have to be paid for their time. So yeah, I think that that's, that's a lot of the basic stuff for uh, a successful onboard. Um, getting team buy-in is a big thing. How else do you make it fun besides the food? Oh, good question. Food is, food is good, right? Like food, everybody is food motivated in veterinary medicine. (laughs) So let's real. We all love food, but what else can we do to make it fun? Man, you know, and again, 
I just, I can't overstate this. Loop the team into making it fun, right? Nobody wants, nobody wants corporate mandated fun. You know, <laughs> this is mandatory fun coming right? from the top down. Right. And so loop the team in and just what I would say is, hey, you know, we've got somebody new. She's been here. Uh, she, she's been here for a week. Let's as she's she's been working with the front desk. She's getting to know the front desk. Let's start to build to build bridges elsewhere in the practice. And guys, this is just good team building. Don't just think it's the benefit of this one person. There's a lot of you guys out there that have the front versus back drama. Mm -hmm. And yes. Steph and I, we've got a podcast on that, but we've talked about it many times before. They need to know each other. You know, mm -hmm. they, they, they need to know each other. Mm -hmm. And so getting them out and in a social situation is valuable. So ask them, Hey guys, what would be something fun that you, you all could do together? My team went out last night bowling. And oh, so fun. Bowling. Yeah, it was bowling night last night. And so the, the, the gang went out and, and they went, they went bowling. That's an expense that the practice would be happy to pick up. You know, it's, it's right. a, it's a good thing. And, you know, and honestly your industry reps, you know, are happy right. to pick that stuff up. Yeah, you know, for, you know, for sure. I mean, for sure, because they want they want you to come together as a team. Like that's important to them. Um, mm. That's the kind of stuff that they love supporting because they know when you guys are working together like a well-oiled machine and everybody gets along that you're going to build your business, and that's that's what they want, right? Yeah. Um, well. I think I think another piece of it too. I'm imagining some of you going, but you know, we're super short-handed, which is why we're hiring this person in the first place, and we can't possibly stop to have fun or a lunch meeting on somebody's first day okay so don't don't do a lunch meeting like you can say hey it's going to be a crazy day and you're starting on monday and that for whatever reason we couldn't avoid that we're gonna we're we're gonna go out for thai food and beer after the after the day is done like we we want to get to know you and i know that this first day might be a little bit rough work with your circumstances like the the ideal would absolutely be able to say hey we're gonna have a staff meeting at lunchtime on the first day that you're here and we're gonna play some some icebreaker games and we're gonna get to know each other look you guys that doesn't happen for most of us the majority mm -hmm. of the time but you have to think about how you can be intentionable intentionable jesus i can't talk <laughs> intentional <laughs> about what you want to do with your team and when you want to do it. You just have to have to think about it a little that, bit. That I think most of us are uh, back on our heels, just just dealing the stuff that comes in. Right. And this stuff is not hard. Right. But you got But you got to put on the calendar. It's that yep. planning. And so yep. fun, fun stuff that you like to do with your team. I've got I've got a list. And I, I, oh man. All right. I, one of my one of my all time favorites. When I have a new person, I love to play the game Two Truths and a Lie. Oh, so yeah. I love I love that game because it's really easy. It's not something that generally makes people feel uncomfortable. And if you have super introverts on your team, you can still play it in a way that doesn't make them feel called out. So for anybody who doesn't know what that is, each person thinks up two things about themselves that are true and one thing that is a lie. And you can either have them verbally share them with the group. Or you can have them, if you have a lot of introverts, I've had them write it down on a card and then we pass the cards out and we read out other people's cards and then everybody tries to guess which one is the lie. Yeah, no, I, th I, think, I think that's great. I think there's fun stuff like that. The baby picture game, you know, whose baby picture is this? That's fun. You know, or, or little, you know, when, when, when they're itty bitty, you know, those, mm -hmm. I think that's, that's an easy fun. fun game. I like stuff like that. Um, team building activities outside of the clinic, I, lo I, I love me escape rooms. You know that. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I love escape rooms. Mm-hmm. It's problem solving. It's fun stuff to get together. Generally, I can just rent the room out um, and stick eight or ten people in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I, I like that a lot. Axe throwing is a thing that is really common, and people go and they have fun, and everybody can participate. Uh, I went to Top Golf for the first time recently. I fun. I, I am terrible at golf, and my <laughs> wife is terrible at golf, and we had the best time just hitting balls at bullseyes out on the fairway and uh and my staff the reason i went was because the staff had gone out and the techs in the front desk went together and and they just uh they rented a bay uh and just hit golf balls and so Uh i think if there's a top golf near you those are super fun even if people don't i honestly people being bad at golf makes it a lot better i think for sure that's that's super fun i'm one of those people where um i am super competitive but I'm also a little bit socially anxious and so the idea of like an escape room makes me a little (laughs) makes my heart palpitate a little (laughs) um like being being in a small space and having to like talk to people like that freaks me out (laughs) um I but what I one one that I really love (laughs) this is probably an entire overshare podcast episode what (laughs) one that I really love with my team is going to the zoo because it's a social activity that we can do, but going from um, going from space to space in in a zoo environment allows time for smaller group conversations to ha- happen naturally, um, and also some bigger group joking and laughing and having fun. But it's a something that you can do together as a big group, but it still provides a lot of opportunities for people to kind of talk on a one-on-one basis. And particularly if you're hiring someone who is a little bit introverted, that often takes the pressure off of feeling like, oh, God, I'm going to do this activity and everybody's going to know how bad I suck at golf or how how bad I am, you know, at laser tag or whatever it is. It takes that that pressure off. So the zoo is a is a good one. I do like that a lot. I, I think that that's a great one. Um, charity events. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we do it's called Backcountry Santa. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of a, a charity drive. We put care packages together, you know, just stuff for the community mm-hmm. and it's good. It's it's good karma. It's good in the world. It's it's good PR. You know that's not why we do it, but it's good PR for sure. But it but it's also the it's the act of doing a thing together and mm-hmm. and a low stress thing. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I that that's that. worth a lot. Putting together a little care package and stuff like that. So that that sort of community service stuff it 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 shows our values and it also brings people together and gives them something to do. So Absolutely. I think all of those things that are are helpful as far as getting someone on board. And they do they take a little bit of planning, not a lot, but a little bit of planning, but you really do reap the rewards as far as this person coming in and integrating into your culture mm-hmm. and into your practice. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. And I think the other thing that um is maybe a little bit more work focused but also helps make things fun is for those of you guys who do have um, established culture and core values and stuff like when you have a new person come on board taking the opportunity to kind of integrate them into what your culture is and what your what your values are as a practice and 
talk about that and get their buy-in from the beginning. Like it's a great refresher. It's also a great opportunity for your team members to lead and say, we are proud of who we are. This is who we are as a, as a team. And we want you to be a part of that. Um, and just having some team meetings that are kind of review refresher meetings, but that have a purpose because they're introducing the, the new person to the culture and how you guys kind of work as a team. You can really easily set up your first, um, you know, two to four team meetings after a new person starts by just reviewing some of that stuff and having a break to kind of do do some refreshers yeah i agree let's go ahead and start to let's make this a little bit more challenging and okay. let's bring in when the new person is a team lead yes. so you're bringing in a front desk lead to the front desk what what do we not want to do like how how do we screw this up Okay, so how you absolutely screw this up is to not have had, well before you hired this person, to not have had one-on-one conversations with your team members about why they are not qualified for the position. Because nothing is more hurtful as an established member of the team than wondering why someone is coming in from the outside into a leadership role. Um, because I promise you that even if even if I'm not feeling like, well, hey, I'm way more qualified, like I'm totally qualified to do that job. Why didn't they pick me? Someone on the team is wondering why someone else on the team wasn't put into that that role a lot of the time. And so for me, it really starts about before I even hire that person, having the conversations with the team about what the holes are. And you had such a good point about getting their buy-in. It's about where do you guys see the holes? Why do we need this person? How is this going to make your lives better? And then helping them to see why you don't have someone on your team who meets those needs right now and why the best choice is to bring somebody in um, from the outside. I think why we need this person has to be communicated. I th- I do think that that is that is a big that's a big deal. I don't I don't know that we need to hold meetings and be like, hey, so um, we're gonna hire a new person and it's not you. <laughs> just just what you didn't know that this was gonna happen, but it's not you. Um, I think that I think that that we have to communicate. Hey, we're we're gonna we're gonna hire a lead or we're going to bring in a lead. We need a lead person. And this is the why. And the more that I can communicate their needs back to them, the better off that I'm going, you know, I'm going to be. And then if people say, I want to be considered for this, well, then I think we should consider them. One of the things that, that we as leaders have to look out for is what's called the anchor principle or the anchor principle of psychology. We tend naturally to remember people as they were when we met them, you know, mm-hmm. and it's one of the, I think it's one of the reasons that, um, that doctors, uh, that were technicians at a place have a hard time sometimes going back to that place mm-hmm. is because they remember you as the kennel kid or they mm-hmm. remember you as the technician right. or, or even if you go somewhere as your first job as a veterinarian, everybody meets you and you're the baby doctor. You're mm-hmm. the brand new, new grad vet. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell you, I know a lot of vets who have stuck around a place three or four years and the staff still thinks of them as the quote unquote new grad. And mm-hmm. it's like, eh, they're practicing for four years now. Like mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're a competent veterinarian. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I think people leave because mm-hmm. the anchor principle is there. 
And so I do think as leaders, we just want to be cognizant of that. If you're looking at uh, Lauren at the front desk with the lens, the exact same lenses that you looked at her three years ago. Right. And she's been learning and going to conferences and exerting herself and doing stuff. I think you're missing a trick, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I do think that sometimes our natural bias is to pass over some of our people uh, Mm -hmm. because we just don't see them in a leadership role or a management role. And so I, I, I think that to be fair, we should check our biases against our own people uh, and, and just, you know, consider them for these positions and try to consider them fairly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's really important. And, and I do, I, I will, I will argue with, a, with you a little bit because I think that if you have, I think that part of it has to be the one-on-one discussion to find out what they want. And you may have a team who's like, I do not want that position. Like let's hire someone from the outside. But if there is someone who who wants it and you, I agree a hundred percent, you need to create an opportunity for them to apply just like you would have any other candidate apply. And then the part where I feel like we really miss the trick in veterinary medicine so much of the time, because we don't like having hard conversations Mm -hmm. is often we say this person is not qualified for X, Y, or Z reason, but we don't have that conversation with them. We just tell them we have decided to bring in someone from the outside and nothing builds resentment more than not sitting down and having that one-on-one conversation and saying, this is why I'm going to make the choice that I am. And I really hope that you can understand it and not only understand it, but but get on board with it. And I would like to help you continue to grow. And so let's have a conversation about what your development looks like. But I need you to understand that right now, these are the needs that I have and I don't feel like you can feel those needs, fill those needs. And that is a hard conversation to have. It is a really hard conversation to have. It definitely is. So let's, let's pull out the pieces of that because you're exactly right. So for me, there's a, there's a couple of pieces. The, the people who are getting a new boss, they, they need to feel important. We need to restate to them. You are important. Mm -hmm. They need to feel that, that, they need to oftentimes have their their values, their strengths reasserted. I mm-hmm. see you and I see what you're good at and I see your gifts and your skills and you mean a lot. Mm-hmm. They need to see a path forward for themselves. Mm-hmm. This is where I see you going. This is how I see you continuing to develop. This is, you know, where I see you going. Um, this is what you this is what the future looks like. It's not there was when you really get in trouble is when people feel like there's one doorway forward and they got the door closed in their face and now they're stuck in purgatory. Right. Mm-hmm. And 100%. what we need to do is make sure that they know that this was one door, but there are other doors and we're going to make sure that there's other doors for them mm-hmm. and they will move forward. And um, I tell a story uh, about, about, um, about technicians. I I talked to a technician one time and her, her biggest fear was becoming the surgery technician who did the exact same job every day for 20 years. And she said, I do not want that. And I think a lot of, a lot of our staff feels that way. Mm -hmm. And so helping them imagine a a future where they continue to grow and have opportunities that's, I think that is so critical. Mm-hmm. And if they think this was the one opportunity and they didn't get it and now, 
again, they catastrophize. This person is not going anywhere for 30 years. And that right. was the one shot. Right. That, that, that's your biggest fear. Right. And so addressing those concerns. And I, I do think the, you know, I, I do think your point about oftentimes these are individual conversations. I really do think that that's, that that's important because if you say it to the team, you can say, you, you guys have a future here and, and you're all going to get opportunities. And you can say that people want to hear that one-on-one and mm-hmm. hear, Hey, you, Andy. Mm-hmm. are going to have opportunities. And these specifically are the things that I see you being good at. And I want to see you continue to develop. Yeah, for sure. So I think the last piece of this conversation is how do we help the new leader? How do we help the new CSR lead feel um, connected and, and supported when they, when they step into this role? How do we, how do you um, make it fun for them and supportive for them? And I think, I think for me, a huge part of it is um, twofold. One is, is that they have to be empowered and supported. And this has to be a broad um, thing that the entire team sees by your practice manager, especially if you're a private practice, by your practice owner, but your medical director or your, your hospital manager. The team has to understand that you trust this person. You hired them for a reason. And so you are going to back them. And yeah. they may they may be doing something that the team doesn't like, but the team is not going to be allowed to come to you and be like, oh, she's doing this. I don't. I don't like that and pit mom and dad against each other. You have to present that united and supportive front um, because you, you chose this person for a reason and you need to be honest and open with your team about why you chose this person and support them and stand behind them in front of the team as a whole. Yeah. The biggest crap move that I see in this scenario is when vet clinics bring in a new leader and they've been holding off on doing some dirty work that they don't want to do. And they're like, Stephanie, welcome aboard. I need you to fire Carol. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my God. It's oh my God. I laugh because it's so true. There oh, have yeah. been there, there have been two two positions that I stepped into as a as a practice manager where that it within the first week that I was there, that was the conversation that was brought up was like, oh, hey, we know that you just started. This has been a thing that's been going on and it's been going on for a while. And we would really love for you to take care of this for us. Yeah, right now. That, that feels really crappy. And so that brings me actually to my second point, which was that for me, we don't do enough, I don't think, to train our middle level management to teach them how to be managers. We really mm-hmm. suck at, at this as, as an industry. But one of the, the tricks that I think we really miss is um, when I learned how to be a manager, unfortunately, I didn't learn it with my first practice, but I learned it with a subsequent practice, which was, look, your first 30 days is not about making radical changes. They need to know that that part of their their job for the first 30 days is just kind of sit back and observe. Yep. And you don't want them going in and changing all the things or firing Karen or doing doing somebody else's dirty work. If you want to set them up for this for success in the long term, you absolutely need to teach them that the first 30 days is about getting to know the team, getting their buy-in, getting to getting to feel like they are a part of the team, making them feel empowered and supported by you, and then coming up with a long-term plan that is communicated to um, your leadership team as a whole so that everybody understands where 
where you're going and why you're going there, but that you are not bringing someone in and starting to make changes in that first 30 days that they're there. Yeah, I completely agree. Get them some wins. Yeah. You know, save some good stuff. Let them be the one to give the staff the bonuses. You know, right. don't right. freaking steal the joy and give them the crap. Do not do that. Get get them some wins. If there's some things the staff wants and you know they want, store them up, bring your new leader in, and then give them to the, her or to him and say, here's some stuff that we want to implement. The staff is excited about it. Will you lead these, this charge? Yes. And it's it's a great... It's a great experience for the manager, but it also is a great experience for the staff of, hey, this new person's here. One of my all-time favorite stories in this regard is your story about coming in, going to the front desk and saying, what would help you guys? And they were like, the printer is driving us <laughs> nuts. And so you went to Best Buy and or Staples, dropped 75 <laughs> big ones on a new printer and came back and they were like, this, this, she gets stuff done. Holy <laughs> moly. This is great. Now we're printing. We're printing like it's no big deal. Oh my God. But I love it. It was, just, it was a simple thing. You were like, what do you need? This printer never works. And it's so frustrating. It's literally a hundred dollars. And pow. Um, that, but I love that. Like that's, that's how you do it is get, yes. get some wins. And so if you're the manager, look for that stuff. But if you're the if you're the owner or you're bringing this person in, set them up to come in and yeah. do good stuff that the staff is going to like. Don't bring them in and immediately have them be the bad guy. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, I yeah. I hope I think that this was um good. I think that there there's some some um super helpful he stuff here. And I think the biggest thing is ha make it fun. It, involve the whole team in the in the fun and getting to know getting to know that person but also don't just sign shine that spotlight on the person shine the spotlight on the rest of the team and have that person get to know the rest of the team as well um but but then have some have some fun with it. Make sure that they feel supported. Make sure that the team understands that you are standing behind this person and then help them come up with a plan that does not involve firing Karen in their first week. Because that is just um, a recipe for disaster. Gotcha. I agree. Well, cool, man. Thanks a lot for doing this with me. Yeah. Have a great rest of your week. I hope you guys are having a good one. Uh, we're doing well. You too. All right. Take care, everybody. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye, guys. Bye. And that was our episode. Gang, as always, if you have questions that you would like Stephanie and me to tackle, fire them our way. Our email address is podcast at unchartedvet.com. That's podcast at unchartedvet.com. We are happy to take your questions. Also, if you want to help us out, please leave us an honest review on iTunes. Uh, it's how people find us and find the podcast. It affects our ranking so that people can see what we're doing. If you think that what we're doing is helpful, help your friends find it. Share it directly. Just shoot it as a text to, uh, to your buddies who are fighting the battles that you're fighting and see if we can help them out. So, gang... Thanks a lot for everything. Thanks for being here. Again, big announcement coming tomorrow. I am so fired up. I can't wait. Talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.